0: Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together. And yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. I have an interesting guest with me today. It's somebody that I feel like I've known a lifetime, but was really only in my life at a young age for a short period of time. So how is that possible? We're going to talk about it. I have with me today, Matt Featherstone, who's out of Texas. Matt, how are you today?
1: I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Ian?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Let's dive into the fact that we were together for such a short period of time, and yet we stayed in touch to some degree through Facebook or, or wherever we we had connections. You still are highly connected to people in Michigan, and how can that be? Knowing that you and I met in fourth grade, and then you moved at what did you say seventh grade? I
1: moved uh, April of '79, so I was 13.
0: Yeah. At the time, so. so. Walk through that. So, you, you came to Evergreen in fourth grade. Talk about how Correct. you went back and forth first before you went back to, to Michigan. Then,
1: Two moves. Yeah, I mean, I moved to Traverse City for a year, lived in Lathrop, but I came back to Southfield, fourth grade, whatever that was. Stayed there till, you know, develop, developmental years till April 79. My father was transferred. By Union yeah. Carbide to Texas. And this coming up April in 2024 will be 45 years for me in the Dallas area.
2: And
0: that's so bizarre because we have stayed in touch. We have similar friends still. And and I think it's just what you said. It was in those formative years where you had like uh, outdoor recess and we had fifth grade camp or sixth grade camp, sorry, that I think you just yeah. remember those bonds with those people, regardless of how long you ended up staying with them. Like, there's a lot of people that I knew from Evergreen that I didn't necessarily hang out with in high school. So it makes sense that we had such memories together growing up, if that makes sense.
1: We moved in 79, and I think, to your point about staying in touch, I live next door to Jen Dunn. Yep. And my mother was very good friends with Susan Bigelow's mother.
0: Right, from Cranbrook Swim Club.
1: And I ran into Jen Dunn in Colorado a couple times at my mother's, so that kind of kept us in touch. Yes. And when I would travel to Michigan for business, I called Jen up and had a drink with her probably, God, it was 2014, 2015, something like that.
0: Awesome. Well, who doesn't like to have a drink with Jen? So that's, that's fun.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs)
1: And, you know, sorry to hear about her father's passing because we had a lot of fun with him at a a Colorado game in Boulder, Mm -hmm. probably 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, we were the people at the bar that annoys everybody else because we were laughing so hard and so loud telling jokes. And I don't know if you remember Larry Dunn, but man, he yeah. was a piece of work. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Very sorry. Amazing. So yeah. And you just lost your father too. So I'm sorry. about. I did back,
1: back in August. Yeah. But, uh, and I think that's probably what kept me in the know, if you will. And then certainly Facebook, you right. know, connecting with people like you and, and Kirsten Johansson across the street Right. And I'm friend, you know, Jimmy McKillop. I'm friends with George Asker on Facebook Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. and and a
1: couple other people. So, you know, it's kind of cool just to see.
0: That's a cool testament to the connections you made, because I would imagine there's a part of you that says you're from Texas. Like when people say, what's your hometown? You've been there for so long. Where does Michigan even fit in? Because it's it was such a short stint.
1: Yeah, but when I go to a southern Texas town or West Texas, even though I've been here, you know, pushing forty-five years, they ask me where I'm from. Okay. Because they they know I do not have <laughs> a true Texas accent.
2: And they, like, if
1: I go if I go to Michigan or somewhere up north, they say, "Where are you from? Are you Texas or something like that?"
2: Oh, that's
0: funny.
1: They get it, but a true Texan will know that you're you're not from around here.
0: Yeah, and you're soda in Texas, right? Not pop. Uh, no.
1: Every everything is Coke.
0: Oh, Coke. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's let's go grab a Coke. It's not. Let's go have a pop.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm you soda, know, I'm soda down in Florida. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's like you want to go have a pop. It's like oh, we're gonna go have a beer. Okay. Cool. Right. You know, let's let's do that. But everything down here is Coke. So, and then you differentiate. Okay, I want Diet Pepsi or I want Dr Pepper. Whatever the case might be.
0: Love it. And we talked about Texas on the phone because I wanted to correlate like growing up. There's so much that we have in our neighborhood. I don't know if you saw last week, but, you know, we had the whole Cranbrook. I've done two neighborhood Cranbrook get togethers or whatever reunions. And, you know, our stories are all the same because we know the streets. We know where we rode our bikes to go get candy and all of that. Cranbrook Swim Club played a big part in in our oh, yeah. childhood. But then, what's it like in Texas? So, did y'all still get on your bike and go get twenty five cent candies, or what? What was your gig growing up in Texas? It had to be a little different. It, it
1: was. I mean, in my when I lived in Spring River, mine was the uh, the Cracker Barrel at Southfield and uh, Webster.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah,
1: because it was just so easy. Yeah. And I could always stop there because then I would ride to the Beverly Hills Rocket Club. My mother worked there. Yes. So so I would go play tennis all the time and I'd go through the back roads and always stop at, uh, at the Cracker Barrel. But down in Texas, when we moved here, there was a Kmart that was close to us.
0: Okay. And I would
1: always walk up there with, you know, a couple of my new friends and I always go looking around the fishing, all that stuff, and just kill time. But there were never a lot of stores like a, a party shops or whatever they call them. Up there.
2: Okay. But it was
1: never really, never really like that. We didn't have anything really close. We had gas stations, but when I moved to Texas, where we lived in the city of Richardson, we couldn't buy beer or wine or liquor in the city.
2: Oh, it was or, dry.
1: Yeah, it was dry. So we had to drive seven, eight miles to buy beer or wine. And then about 10 for my parents mm. if they wanted liquor. So we didn't have all these party shops with all the candy and all that, those kind of things. Interesting. So, yeah. So we grew up in the creek right across from where I lived. We had this long creek called Prairie Creek. And we just go down there with BB guns and shoot stuff and race hell. and
0: For sure. So same sort of things. Like the creek is always a classic and you just rode your bike, yeah. I'm sure, and, and hung out. We just walked. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was three houses away. So we just oh. we just walked down to it. Yeah.
0: And how were your nerves? Because you're still young enough to meet new friends, but it had to have been a big change because you're also right in the cusp of. You said what thirteen when you left?
1: Yeah, as uh, April seventy so I was so thirteen.
0: That uh, my son moved at the same age down to, from Michigan to Florida, and I remember you know that the first week was was nerve wracking, you know, because you're changing yourself. As a thirteen-year-old kid, and then yeah. now you're having to have the confidence to go meet new people. Did you have any nerves, or were you just like, "I'm Matt Featherstone. I'm from well, Ty- I, Tiger Beat. We'll talk about that yeah, in a minute." Right.
1: <laughs> Thanks to Wittenberg for that one.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I, I'm sure I was. I was nervous and I was scared not knowing anybody. But the the house that we bought, the family that was moving out, they had a daughter that was my age, Carrie. So. When I went to the junior high, she took me around. And then wow. there was another girl across the street that was my grade that we became good friends with. So I immediately knew two people pretty quick. And I, we lived in a hotel for uh, two or three weeks before our house was ready. Mm. So, you know, every day I'm going back. My mom's bringing us from the, my brother was in high school. I'm junior high, picking us up and bringing us back to the hotel. So my brother and I had a hotel room. For two weeks growing up.
0: So what did Brad think of it? Because then now he's going into high school. Like all those relationships have been lost. Brad got it.
1: into it. He's, he really started getting into uh, the music scene, the punk rock scene. Okay. So he really started getting rid- into that in, you know, 79, 80, 81. Because I think he graduated high school in 81.
0: Okay. which yeah, Spring of 81. Yeah, that would make sense.
1: Yeah. So he, he turned 60 this year. So that's probably about right.
0: Yeah. So that was my next question then you said punk rock which which is interesting to me so then how did texas influence your music scene i would think more country that sounds stupid but you know we were all kind of bob seger and all that stuff not that you didn't listen to him but but did texas influence how you chose to go to concerts and what you liked
1: yeah Yes and no, but I, I think my first concert, 1980 or 81, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones played at the Cotton Bowl, ZZ Top. Oh, okay. So we were, you know, sitting out there, it was raining, had ponchos on, but growing up through junior high and high school, you know, I was really big into the police, oh, love the police, okay. love the Who, the Stones, Seeger and all that stuff. And I didn't really get into country music until pro- probably uh, 95, 96, when okay. it really got into it started liking George Strait, Randy Rogers. But over the past three or four years, I really came back to classic rock. Okay. And I've seen Bob Seeger twice. I love Bob Seeger. I've got a lot of his music on my playlists.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was fortunate enough to see Paul McCartney a couple of times.
0: Oh gosh. I think, I think they were stories for us, obviously. And I keep saying to my son who grew up in rap, right? Like, but that was what they had. And when you go to Bob Seger, which I did a couple of years ago in downtown Tampa, he could just start a song and everyone sang to it and everyone knew. And he made a comment that was so telling. He said, y'all know where you were when you played this song. And it's true. So you're either thinking you're in the back of a truck or you're at somebody's house or you're just hanging out in your room. Like you can immediately go back and recite all the words and know where you were when you listened to it, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I would agree with a couple of his songs. I used to hear one of them all the time and I knew exactly where I was. So it, yeah. it, it is kind of cool. And that's one of the great things about music. It sends you back to a place in time. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. So you, you, we talked about the music scene. Are you having your 40th? Cause we're having our, you, you must be having your yes. 40th. Okay. So let's next, talk about uh, your... next,
1: next October.
0: Okay. So we'll be August and October. I mean, come and crash ours. That would be awesome. We're going to be in August. <laughs> it would be hysterical because we are going to have elementary school tents. So a lot of people want to get together more so that moved away, but we all connected and had a tight knit. Elementary school experience. And so now that 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 would be cool. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, there was a, yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you, Matt. There was a picture. I think it was our 10 year reunion where we did do an evergreen picture. You'll see Laura Latson in there, one of your crush crushes. And, mm-hmm. um, and she's going to be on soon. And yeah, so it just reminded us of like, we've got to keep those going. So that that would be a lot of fun. I think Wittenberg's going to come too. And
1: that it and, would be. And honestly, as of right now, I don't know that I'm going to go to my fortieth. Oh, just because I've, I've been to them all, but I still have so many friends in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex that still live here. Okay, so I still see these people. I still communicate with these people. Okay, and it's just you know going there. It's like, oh, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I have five kids. I got grandkids. I'm doing this. You already I'm retired. Yeah, the small talk. Yes, which stuff I know now. The evergreen piece of it in Michigan, that would kind of be fun. Yeah. You know, I'd probably know 10 or 15 people. Right. But it would it'd still be cool because I still like going to Michigan. I still love the landscape is so different up there with all the trees. We talked we about that. that.
0: I know. No, we like don't have it, that down here. If I hit a place, I, I don't regret leaving at all. Sorry to my mitten friends, but... If I had a place up north, I'd probably, you know, for sure stay. There's nothing like being up north. Mackinac, Traverse City, all of that is just, it's, it's, yeah. people don't understand once you get out of the suburbs what the Mitten has to offer up north. It's incredible. You mentioned a lot of people staying in the area and we had a huge exodus to Chicago, not far. I mean, from, from Michigan, but we have a big Chicago contingent. So is it the philosophy of like a lot of people in your area? they they stay there right born and raised and then they raise their kids there as well or like do you move out of texas because i know i tried to pay homage it's not a a full-fledged flag shirt but you know texas is a different breed which we're going to talk about and so do people just out of loyalty to the state stay
1: that's a good question i've got a lot of a few friends that have left okay but i do have a lot that have stayed in the area you know arkansas oklahoma you know, a, a 50 minute plane ride. Okay. But a lot of, a lot of our friends from high school have stayed in the Metroplex or at least, at least a couple hour drive away. And yeah. I don't know if it's the people or it's just, they like the weather. Yeah. You know, maybe people don't like the snow. Right. But yeah, we've had a lot of people who stayed in the area.
0: Yeah. So I asked you this too, because, um, and I get it all the time being from Florida it's a love-hate relationship with a lot of people, but people still come. And then same with Texas. Like, there's a perception of Texas, but everyone visits. And Austin's off the chart, for example, like for, for young people right now. It's crazy. Oh, so tell music, me.
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, and food and, you know, it's it's a young person's dream. So tell me, like, the myth and the truth about living in Texas. Yeah, you know?
1: there's, where, where we live... We're for about 40 minutes, 40 miles due north of downtown Dallas. Yeah. There is still a gentleman that rides up and down the side of a main road on his horse in a cowboy hat. He will still ride up and down. It's called Preston Road. Okay. Then there's another gentleman. Uh, still
0: still warning about the British coming. Okay, this is good. Yes.
1: <laughs> and the gentleman's name is Punk Carter, and apparently he's really big in the cutting horse scene. And okay. He's five miles from me, and he's okay. got a big cutting horse facility. Okay. So. There are a lot of people that around here, when I go for a bike ride, I will see 20 different farms with people having longhorn cattle on them. So that is, you know, people up out of Texas, oh, yeah, they have all longhorns. Well, I have longhorns within one one mile from me. So that that is, it it is. And then you go to West Texas and a lot of cotton farming, but a lot of cattle. Mm -hmm. And there are tumbleweeds out there blowing Mm -hmm. and it is flat. When you get west of Fort Worth, I mean, you can see the dust storm coming for two hours before it hits you. But it's very diverse with the music. Fort Worth is still very country, if you will, very cowboyish. Uh, Billy Bob's, yeah, is still still widely regarded as the place to go, the honky tonk, if you will. But we are very very large cities. I mean, Dallas, oh. Houston, right? I mean gigantic.
0: And I learned something about Texas as a whole. You do not confuse Dallas with Fort Worth with Houston to those people that live in those areas. Like, do not say, is Houston close to Dallas? Or you cannot compare them at all. Those are three different people right there.
1: Well, it's it's actually five. You've got Dallas, you've got Fort Worth, you've got San Antonio, you've got Austin, you've got Houston. Mm
0: -hmm. And they do not like to be compared to anything other than where they're from. Like, that's it. You don't, you don't. Confuse exactly.
1: Them. Especially people in Fort Worth. They hate being, you know, said, Oh, you live in Dallas. No, you yeah. live in Fort Worth.
0: Right. Oh, and it's
1: very cut and dry.
0: It. Yeah. Yeah. But you did say, you know, I'm talking about all the the funny things you hear about Texas, but you did say one of the misconceptions is Texas has the nicest people.
1: Well, I no, I, I think they do. They really have a lot of nice people. Um, mm-hmm. And I did tell you that, I assume that everybody's carrying a gun in their car.
0: Correct. Yes. Because,
1: yes. You can have concealed carry. You can have open carry.
2: Mm-hmm. You can
1: have all that here. And I can drive to any state around me for about two or three states. And that's the same laws. Mm-hmm. Um, but people here, when you're driving down the road, because we live on some back roads going to the store, people just wave to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that,
1: that is true. Mm-hmm. They don't know you, but they will wave to you. So mm-hmm. yes, we are very densely, populated if you will but people are still very friendly and will go out of the way to help to help people especially in these smaller towns which mm-hmm. is really really cool mm-hmm. not knowing anybody you get four people to stop to help somebody with flat tire nice you know chicago i would never get out of my car to do that yeah I,
0: I think that's where some places get a get a bad rap because if you're not really living there full-time you can only go by the media you know it, exactly yeah Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I need to say, attention all alumni. Are you ready to relive the glory days and reunite with your classmates? Look no further than myevent.com, the ultimate destination for planning unforgettable class reunions. With myevent.com, you're in control. Upload photos, upload event details, and connect with your classmates. Spread the word on social media and watch the excitement grow. myevent.com brings your past Present and future together in one unforgettable event. Start planning your class reunion now. MyEvent.com. Your reunion your way. All right, let's get back to the show. I want to go back to high school for a minute because um, you talked about your school being profiled on uh, 2020, I believe, or whatever.
2: It was, it was 2020,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so, what was your first car? Because the profiling story was about this elite high school. In Texas, where everybody had fancy cars, and it was just in a wealthy area of the school district, which Matt happened to be a part of, so I never asked you on the phone. Then, what was your first car?
1: The show that I was talking about it profiled it, and it went through the parking lot, and it had all these brand new Chevy Ford trucks, yes, brand new three series BMWs, mm-hmm. uh, Camaros, and I told you my friend had. Brand new Mazda RX-7, which was you know big in the eighties. Brand- so. Yeah, mm-hmm. big in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So my first car was a BMW, but
0: Matt Featherstone,
1: <laughs> but it was a ten-year-old BMW okay. that just cost a lot of money in repairs.
0: Oh, it was not
1: okay. brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a back in the day. It was a four thousand-dollar car. Okay, which yeah, a lot of money, but right. it was not brand new any means. And that thing spent more time in the shop than it did on the road.
0: Yeah. And the oil changes have been like astronomical.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it was a BMW, but it, trust me, it was not, That's it was not the nicest. And then thankfully when I was in college, my grandfather helped me buy a uh, brand new 1986 Mazda B 2000 pickup.
0: Oh, nice. So,
1: which was wonderful. It was just a regular cab, five speed. But I could go back and forth to college, and I could haul stuff in the bed, and then I could come back and landscape during spring break or something like that. I had a truck; I could make money.
0: Oh, that's so, nice. That's what I was going to yeah. ask you. What was your first job? Did you did you work in high school, or was it all sports? Or yes,
1: no. I worked. I think my first job was working for my neighbors at their local nursery, oh. Harrison Gardens, and that's what got me into horticulture and up to Texas Tech. But there was one year that I uh, I was a waiter at a Holiday Inn, right? across from a neighborhood in okay. you know, the worst case I could walk there
2: mm-hmm. but
1: it was probably a half mile so I did a waiter and job for about a year and it made good money
2: it's I a tough mornings yeah, yeah so I mean I
1: made good tips so I always had cash in my pocket which was good and then one time during college summer and Christmas I worked at a BMW dealership in the make ready oh so I was cleaning all the all the cars that came over from Germany Mm-hmm. cleaning them all up for all the, you know, back then the rich people that could buy the the BMWs, but the nursery business is where I spent most of my time.
0: Which is interesting. So you talk about Texas Tech and you've mentioned horticulture, I'm trying to say this correctly, but then you ended up having a career outside of that for cable and yeah. fiber optics and stuff. So how did, yeah, how did was, that, how did that switch?
1: Well, it's, it's like the old adage. It's not what you know, it's who you know.
2: Yeah. I got out
1: of college and was doing, you know, a couple of odd things and a girl I was dating knew somebody and got me, I got a job as a contractor in that business. Mm -hmm. And then from there I went to the manufacturing side and that's what got me into the wire cable business.
0: Yeah. And you've been in sales management or you a director level or whatever, you know, big, big kahuna for, for years. That's awesome. And, and I was in software sales for a long time and we talked about this too, but I don't know if you're going to agree with this. But I was on the plane every week as well. I went, to, you know, to Pittsburgh and Detroit and all over the place because it was a financial services position and wined and dined, you know, VPs of a bank and stuff. And when COVID hit and we still were working from home, not to talk about like how fun it was when you entertained, because we talked about that being on the road. It's fun. Never ate and drank so well in my life. But I'm thinking about the cost of the sale and why do we do that? When the reality is we still sold and maintained business during COVID without the 500 a person plate. Like we didn't have to go out and spend all that money because the cost of the deal, you know, your your T&E, a lot of times barely made it for what the size of the deal was. Like It had to be millions and millions of dollars worth all of the T&E. That you did to entertain to get that deal, talking salaries, travel, dinners, and yet we still did it without COVID. So, like, I I don't know. I had a hard time reconciling going back to that scene because then it just seemed so gross. After that, like, is it really necessary? I, am I am I alone in this? Am I being too like? Well, no. I
1: I told you, I grew up in that. I mean, I was I was on sixty seven day or so planes every year. Yeah. I was playing golf twice a week. Right. I was entertaining lunch, all that. But the reasons, I'd say the reasons, but me doing that for the previous 20 years and you doing that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when COVID hit, everything that you did made you succeed when COVID hit because what you did is you built those relationships. Correct. So you didn't need to spend the money, but it's all the time and everything you spent with those people. They're like, hey, I know Leanne, I know Matt. Right. I know Jim. I know Susan. That's what you get by building those relationships over the years.
0: That's a and great point. For, that's a great. You point. know,
1: and I think that's what did it for me because I I had switched roles before COVID. But even when things got bad, you said you moved down to Florida back in in yeah, eighty nine, uh, correct? Something yep. like that. Yep. So 2000, 2000 to twenty fifteen of entertaining people, playing golf with them, in Vegas, beating Houston. Oklahoma city, Chicago, you're building those relationships and that's what gets you through the lean times. You're
0: right. right. And, and let's be honest, the business we lost is because somebody knew someone higher that we didn't. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, yeah, and
1: it, it is. And that's because, you know, we could lose a big project, but my competitor, his brother-in-law was the VP of the consulting firm that was specking all the material.
2: in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You can't compete with that. And we, we lost a customer. One time, we we have marriages within our business, if you will, and we switch partners. Well, my old rep firm owned property with a guy at uh, Verizon, mm-hmm. and he used to buy a lot of fiber trunks from us.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: they cut up the cable, put connectors on, to do all that.
2: Mm-hmm. And my
1: boss was saying, "Why can't you get in there and get that business back?" It's like because I don't own property with the guy. <laughs> you know, my counterpart, my counterpart does that now. And that's yeah. who he's right into business with. Yeah, you just sometimes you can't compete with those things.
0: Yeah, no, you're bringing you know? up some really valid points. I think I just was sad. So I told you I worked at Salesforce, and, and not during the, all the recent layoffs, but I watched so many of my friends get laid off from Salesforce, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, but it's kind of that you spent a lot of money paying for all this travel and expenses. Now we haven't had it for years. How did we not save money? I think that's where my mind was. Like, how do we still have all these layoffs if we're still doing business? We're not lining, dining, traveling every week. I know it's real estate, too. Nobody's in the office. But it just blows my mind how many people were laid off at Salesforce when you're saving money, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it, too, in, in my industry, and I can't, I can't speak to yours, but anytime you manufacture a physical product, you put your hands on people, the jack in Mm -hmm. costs have been taken out of those things so the margins are a lot smaller
2: Mm -hmm. than -hmm. what they
1: were 20 years ago Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. the expenses my company used to do back then it's like now you have to get approval from 20 different people if you want to spend two thousand
0: right i know oh my gosh that's so true that's so true we could probably talk about that yeah
1: so and thankfully and you know you probably are too we're winding down, we're in the twilight years of our careers, if you
0: will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, starting to plan towards retirement. Right. Where do you want to move to? What do you want to do when you retire? Type of things. And we talked and you know, I've got probably four years left.
0: So you let's know, talk and- about that because there's something that's very interesting about how you managed your life and you're with Debbie, Debbie Pratt, correct? For correct. okay. But you never married. No. And I find that Interesting. If you want to share your philosophy, or you don't, it's okay. But in the world of pressure, right? We had it. We had it more than I think our generation. My my son's living with his girlfriend, and I'm constantly asked, "Are they going to get married?" And nowadays, it, it just doesn't matter. It's not. I don't care if they have a big wedding, small wedding, married. Don't matter. I, I love them both. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not that parent that's like, we have to book the country club to you know get this wedding. But how did you? Navigate that, and was it a conscious choice? I don't yes. know that it was
1: conscious, um, but I, I was in a lot of weddings. A lot of my good friends all got married, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, a lot of them got divorced too. Yeah, yeah. I had a serious girlfriend I dated that mid to late nineties. I thought we were going to get married,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it turned out she dumped me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as you know, it happens. People get dumped all the time. Mm-hmm. But I never met the person at that time that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Okay. Because, you know, part of it was like, I just saw all the failures mm-hmm. of my friends and their relationships. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. do I really want to do that? And, and I don't know that that's the case, mm-hmm. um, but I was happy mm-hmm. with my life, with my choices. And, it, and you talk about traveling and I was traveling a lot during that time. And it just made it easier, you know, not always having to say, okay, what's your calendar? I just got up
2: and went.
0: Yeah.
1: Locked the house and I had somebody cut the grass, take care of the pool. and and I came home and, you know, ladder, rinse, repeat, do it the next week.
0: And I I think that's really cool because like I said at the time, you were doing something that people might consider a red flag, like the, you know, the 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 Forever Bachelor and all of that. When reality yeah, no is, you, you know, you were avoiding some of the pitfalls that may or may not happen there's a lot of people that are happily married, but it's also a really tough thing to do. I always tell everybody it's like you you have a roommate that you're supposed to also have this great sex life with, and it 's like those two don't always coincide you know you go through ebbs and flows like it's a lot, you know, so I respect that, but you had to have had women who just thought, oh man, man never wants to get married and oh
1: there's there's no question, yeah, I used to get that all the time and i and i that I always have a good comeback with that because a lot of them were already divorced. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, here I am talking to you. And you're saying that I have a red flag because I've never been married. Well, right. you've got one too, because you're on your second or third.
0: Right. And, and my money's so, still still my money.
1: <laughs> it's, it, well, it's, there's that too. Now speaking yeah. of which, I never asked you, are you still you, married? Or did you, right? No. Because I assume your last name.
0: Yeah, no. It's, I it's changed. It. So. Well, I kept it for two reasons. One is it's a heck of a lot shorter than than Lauderbach. So I always have the joke of, you know, I told my husband, keep the house, I'll take your name. My mom was the one that convinced me because she worked at Groves for, um, I don't know if you knew that. My mom was a receptionist at Groves High School for over 30 years. And <clears throat> divorce was just starting to trickle in and it gets complicated. With people calling yeah. in. And so where she saw the divide. So it's a good question where she and by the way, I've been divorced for uh my son is 27. So 26. We got divorced after he was one. He was very sick with meningitis. It just opened up a whole book of problems we already had. So yeah. um it was unfortunate it happened so early, but I've been single for a long time. She said, you know, when the moms go back to their maiden name and they're the biological mom for the purpose of the story, but then, you know, someone else calls in Mrs. Featherstone, they're going to give as much information to that person that carries the last name out of just thinking they're together. And then the moms come in and are like, that's not the mom. It's me. It, she's like, don't, don't cross it. We're just yeah. keep it consistent. No,
1: I, I get that. And a lot of friends of mine, when they got divorced, women, um, a lot of them went back to their maiden name. Yes. Stone still stayed. My mother, my mother still stayed with with our last name, Featherstone. Okay. So, Did you ask Debbie her what would,
0: her reasoning was?
1: You know what? I, good question. I don't know yeah. that I ever have. Yeah. But Debbie, when she got divorced, she went back to, to her maiden name, Pratt.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Did she have children?
1: Yeah, she has got two. Uh, Ben is 30. He works for Guitar Center. He's a data analyst, some guy that just works on a computer and numbers all day. Mm -hmm. And Jamie will be 30 next year. She's in the fashion business, works for Hugo Boss in New York City.
2: Girl,
0: that's very cool. Yeah,
1: she just went to Germany to the headquarters last month, but she's uh, Hugo Boss headquarters, I guess, down in the financial district of New York city. So she's living on the Southern tip down there.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. So where was she divorced when they were young?
1: They got divorced, uh, 92 and 94 when Ben and Jamie were born. They were divorced in 2012. And that's when Debbie moved to Texas because Jamie had just been accepted to TCU.
0: Oh, cool. So she okay. started
1: something new, but I think they were married, uh, for 20 years.
0: But I would love to ask that question to her, too, because that, that's just my opinion. But I always wonder what what people's decisions were. And listen, Lauterbach is, you know, it's a rough name. It sounds like a I'm Yeah, Featherstone's at least a lighter name, like Lauterbach, just is such a strong German name. I don't know. I just felt like I was always starting a fight before I even got started. Um, yeah. And then is Debbie in the interior design space or yes. what? Okay. so Interior design, yes.
1: So she's actually, she's working from home right now. Okay. She has an install uh, with one of her, I mean, she's got clients that just keep giving her money and money. Mm-hmm. So
2: mm-hmm. they've
1: got an install that she's been supervised today in a really nice, gated community 20 minutes from here. Actually, a couple of Dallas Cowboys live there.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. I yeah. get to hear cool. all those stories. I have a friend here, works for Clive Daniel. It's a furniture store in Naples. So- some of these Naples homes, you know, that she goes to Yeah,
1: Woo. a lot of
0: money. Right. Right. But that's very, very cool. Um, so you're going to, you know, think about the retirement plan, stay where you are. Correct. Probably. Right. Uh, we don't
1: have any plans and go any place and we built this house, you know, cause I, I had a really big house before myself, mm-hmm. you know, it's 4,000 square feet, but it's like, what, what do I need this for? Mm-hmm. And Debbie and I, when we built this house, we wanted no stairs. So it's a single story. We don't, we don't basements down here. Yeah. They're very, very like 1% homes have basement down here because the soil. Yeah. We have a one story home, three bedroom, which for us is perfect. we got enough room for people when they come to visit. Mm -hmm. My mother lives right down the road if we needed more room, but it's, we don't have any stairs. So I'm not going to trip and break my neck, you know, coming down the stairs or anything like that. So. We may move someday. Um, I've seen a lot of nice things about Nashville area, south of Nashville. I know. We're just, we're going to play it by ear and see. I mean, we're not in any pressure, any, right. you know, any time crunch. So we're just going to take it as it comes and see see where we go.
0: Well, this has been fun. I could keep talking. So we're going to do this offline on our own and, and keep in touch. I'll let you know about August if we end up doing some kind of... Yeah, let everyday, me know I, I could damage. do
1: something... It'd be fun just to come up and see some people that I, you know, I haven't seen. And I've seen, I told you, I saw Jimmy McKillop once. Yes. But I haven't seen anybody, you know, Mark Wittenberg, Scott Zimke. Yes. In person. Yes. Since I moved in 1979.
0: Yeah. Did you see the Zimke episode? He was my first. Oh, I
1: I did. I see. I think I saw a lot of that and I saw the Wittenberg one.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So
1: that was kind of cool. But yeah, I think Scott. Is Wittenberg living in Minnesota?
0: Yes. Okay, yes.
1: Scott's living in Chicago because I see him post a lot.
0: Yes, yes. My my first kiss at Laura Latson's house. So that, that was... Where did
1: Laura Latson live? I know where you you lived on, on I want to
0: say Rambling Road. No, okay. I might be wrong. But she was closer to this, you know, like you're going to go to the Cracker Barrel. She was on that side of Cranbrook, like...
1: Deeper okay, because hey, I, was, I, was, I was Spring River. Okay. And I know Jimmy was on, was it Cherry Hill?
0: Yes. Yeah. No, she wasn't okay. there. She was off on the Because we used to go to Farrell's from her place too, I think. So it couldn't have been. Who was your first kiss before I go? I used to ask that now that we're talking about Zimke.
1: You know, I don't know that I kissed anyone in elementary school, but I know, and we talked about this, I know at it, uh, Berkshire was Becca Wallace.
0: Yes, I know. I said you were into uh, her.
1: Maybe it was we had a s we had a ski club, didn't we?
0: Yes, we did. In seventh uh-huh. grade. Okay. Yeah. I
1: think I kissed Karen wheeler once on the bus.
0: On oh, the bus rides were awesome. Yeah. Dark. Yeah, those
1: were those were yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. So you thought you were getting away with murder.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. I think it's fun because yeah. I, I love the fact that I still talk to Scott. Like that's amazing after all these Yeah, you no, that's
1: it's great that you have friends and like you, you know, with Nancy Royal. Still very fortunate that I have a lot of friends from 1979,
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know,
1: going on 45 years of friendship with people and some longer,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but
1: still have a lot of good friends from junior high and high school.
0: And I will, I will leave you with this. Matt was our heartthrob because he had that perfectly coiffed feathered hair. And so he was our tiger beat kid back in the day. Cause he was, I know you're turning red as I'm telling you this, but yeah. I'm telling you it was so cute. And, and what was it? Sean Cassidy, or you had like that perfect hair and you just, you were the well, epitome I, I, of that era. Like for
1: sure. I think that's what you told me. That's what Wittenberg said.
0: Yes. But once he said it, I right. was like, oh my God, that is so true.
1: Yeah. And I cracked up here and I was like, holy crap. Yeah.
0: I'm going to have to put up a couple but of yes, pictures. I
1: did. I mean, you, you look at the pictures from Fourth and fifth grade, yeah. I just had thick hair, part down yeah. the
0: middle, feathered, oh with featherstone. Oh yeah, carrying the big
1: comb and you're carrying the big comb. Oh my
0: gosh, it. handsome devil, and you still look fantastic. Yeah. So, thank I thank you so much for your time. It's been so cool to connect again, and like I said to you, it was like no time had passed. It's so strange. Yes. It so is strange. strange.
2: Yeah. In a way. Yeah.
0: But in a beautiful way, I think so.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, good, Leigh. Great talking to you. And you too. please keep me up to date with that uh, reunion type deal. I will. I
0: something. will. And go hearts Welcome. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right, friends. That's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.